Hey friends, well, after a long and for many of you cold winter, are you ready to bring the spirit of the islands into your home? Look no further than Home Threads, where comfort meets coastal living. At HomeThreads.com, you can discover a collection inspired by the tranquility of the beach. From breezy linens to stylish coastal decor, they've got everything you need to turn your home into a seaside retreat, and always at the best value. If you haven't been to the Home Threads website yet, you have to go check it out, see their beautiful bedding, everything they have for your kitchen, lighting, workspace, and a gift guide, which has something for everyone on your list. I'm thinking ahead to Mother's Day, Father's Day, anniversaries, birthdays, and more. So visit homethreads.com forward slash Monica and get a code for 15% off your first order. Because whether you're on the islands or dreaming of the sea, Home Threads brings the beach to you. Home Threads, love where you live. Christian Parenting Aloha friends, welcome to the Boy Mom Podcast, powered by Christian Parenting. I am Monica Swanson, mom to four boys, podcast host and author of Boy Mom, What Your Son Needs Most From You. Here on the podcast, it's my goal to bring you practical advice and biblical wisdom for raising boys in this sometimes crazy world. You can always find show notes over at monicaswanson.com forward slash podcast. I'm so glad you're here. We have totally missed out if kids have all the right answers and are not the right kind of people and don't have the right kind of relationship with their parents. So we're creating an environment of discipleship in our home. So for you, if that means you set up, you start your day with 15 minutes of using a discipleship resource and reading the Bible with your kids, great. Kick off your day with that. If that's what's going to remind you to incorporate discipleship and Bible um, reading or conversations about God all day, great, do it. But if that is going to make you feel like you've ticked the box and now you're done for the day, don't do it. Because the point is the relationship and the ongoing conversation you're creating with your kids. Hey friends, welcome back to the Boy Mom Podcast. Thanks so much for taking time to hang out with me here. You are just listening to a short clip from today's guest, Amy Gannett of Tiny Theologians. And I'll tell you what, when I listened to this episode to try to grab a clip, it was so hard to choose just one. Amy has so many nuggets, so much wisdom, so many great practical ideas. I think you're going to get a ton out of this episode. In fact, this is one I would encourage you to have pen and paper, or if you're walking, have your phone ready to take some notes. And um, I think you're going to learn a lot. Now, I recently read Amy's new books for young kids. This is for like two to eight-year-olds, but I think even older kids would enjoy them. These are these darling uh, board books, and they are titled, Did God Learn His ABCs? Does God Go on Vacation? And Does God Sleep? And each of them covers a an attribute of God, really teaching theology to these little ones, And that's what I love is Amy is all about raising kids who don't just know Bible stories or get the warm fuzzies going to Sunday school, have some, you know, concept of God or even worse, making God whoever we want him to be or wish he were or what the world or our culture tells us he is, but really becoming students of scripture and learning who God says he is and beginning to relate to him from a young age as he presents himself to us throughout scripture. So Tiny Theologians has a whole lot of stuff to offer. You're going to hear about that. 
You're also going to hear a little bit about Amy's background. She is a smart cookie. She's super um, well-studied academically, and you're going to want to follow her Instagram account. I love learning from her there. So of course, I'll be linking to all those places as well as her books where you can follow her in show notes, which will be at monicaswanson.com forward slash episode dash 167. And I'll also have some pictures of these books over in show notes as well, but I think you're going to love them. And I think you're going to get so much out of this interview. So want to pause just quick to say thank you again for sharing this podcast with your friends, for taking pictures and putting them on social media. It's all so helpful. Your ratings and reviews are really a blessing. So please keep those coming. And um, now without further ado, let's jump in and listen to Amy talk about raising tiny theologians. I hope you enjoy. Hey, Amy, welcome to the Boy Mom Podcast. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yes, well, you've got some girls, uh, but your expertise and passion is something that is so important to me that I'm so excited to share you with my listeners. So before we dive in, can you tell people a little about you, your girls, and, you know, what you do? Yeah. Um, my name is Amy, and I wear a lot of hats, but one of my favorite is being a mom to Emerson and Elliot. Emerson is two, and Elliot is 10 weeks at the time of this recording. Um, it's going so fast. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, so I love being a mom. I love being a parent. I love being a disciple maker in the home, and I know we're going to talk a bit about that. But the other hats that I wear, my husband and I are church planters here in Greenville, North Carolina. We um, joyfully serve the small body of believers that God is building at Trinity Church Greenville. And I also run a small business and ministry called Tiny Theologians, where I create discipleship resources for kids ages two to 12. So I wear a lot of hats, but all of them are really fun and they keep me on my toes all the time. Wow. And you got a brand new little baby. Just a little, little nugget. It is oh. so fun to have her. How's it going? You it's going, okay? I mean, I have to say, it is going so much better than when we brought home our first. Oh, good. good. So good. I don't know if it's just that our first was born, our first was born in March of 2020. And so it was like oh, beginning of COVID nice. season. So it was like all the support systems that we kind of counted on, you know, family traveling in from out of state and being able to go into doctor's offices, like all those little oh. basic things, they were all gone. Yeah. Um, so we... Um, now Austin, my husband and I joke all the time. I think we made her a terrible sleeper because we had no idea what we were doing. I mean, we were <laughs> totally in the dark. So, um, now we look at Elliot and we're like, wow, she's such a great sleeper. And I think then we look at each other and think, no, we just, we, we've done this once before. I think that's yes. all that's different, but it's true. Yeah. So oh. it's going great. We, she is such a fun addition to our family. Oh, I'm so glad. And I'm sure big sister is loving being able to she is be mommy does she does she want to be little mommy to the sister she is she um we're growing into that she wants to right now be mommy to all of her dolls like all okay. of her stuffed animals we don't really do a ton of dolls but we do like a lot of stuffed animals so if baby Elliot is getting swaddled fox needs to be swaddled you oh, know all of those that. things so that's been really okay. fun to watch so there's some boy moms out there like me who don't have girls who just don't even know what you're talking about <laughs> sure, that's totally fair but we like to imagine 
So, you know, that's right. And you know what? There are plenty of little boys that just want to mimic whatever parents are doing. hundred percent. I can imagine yeah. that there are some boys out there that are like trying to figure out if the baby's oh, yeah. laying under this play gym, yes. why can't I squeeze in there with her? Exactly. You know, that's what Emerson's yeah. always trying to do is squeeze into all the toys. You know, we have mm-hmm. to make sure that baby Elliot doesn't get squished because oh, you know, yeah. he wants to be in the bouncer with her, mm-hmm. you know? Oh yeah. We had some squishing in our family for sure. <laughs> few scary incidences. Okay. Well, I was so just drawn into the idea of tiny theologians. So I want to talk about that concept. That's really what made me want to grab and read your children's books that we're going to touch on here today. Um, But before we get to that, I want to hear a little more about your background, education-wise, academically. said before we uh, started recording, because I can see you, though my listeners can't see you. Someday I'm going to start actually having things on video, I think. But for now, this is audio only. But for the amount of school you've done and having two kids, I was like, you look like you're 16. So everyone can just look at the show notes to see you. But Um, anyways, tell us about I would make a joke about it being like some kind of fancy filter on my computer, but I don't even know how to use those. No. So there's no filter. I mean, I... I feel like the Lord has just been gracious to give us the, like when our heads are on our pillows, we are really, really sleeping. Uh, Our heads aren't on our pillows often these days, but when (laughs) they are, we're like dead asleep. So (laughs) you're doing great. Um, Well, my background is in theological training. I did seven years of formal theological training. My undergrad, I did at Moody Bible Institute in Chicago, where I studied biblical studies. I was a double major, biblical studies and biblical exposition. And I had an emphasis in women's ministry. And then I went on to seminary because when I graduated, I just knew I was sort of just getting started. You know, you could study theology and church history and the Bible forever. I mean, there's a reason that people commit their entire scholarly careers to this. So I went on and got my master's of divinity at Gordon-Conwell Theological Seminary, which is where Austin and I met. My husband and I met there. And really um, in the years following... um, grew a really deep and lasting passion for the local church. So um, there are people who go to seminary and they move on the academic track, sort of they go on to get their PhDs, be professors. Austin and I very briefly considered the PhD route, but we were just gripped by the need in the local church for um, people to be trained in particularly biblical literacy Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know if you know this, but biblical literacy, which is just reading and understanding your Bible, is at an all-time low right now in the Mm -hmm. U.S. Um, Mm -hmm. Some of the statistics around people's comprehension when they read the Bible in the local church is really staggering. I think we'd all, I think actually all pastors would be very surprised if they Mm -hmm. saw some of the data on it. And so we really wanted to move into the local church and be a part of teaching people, not only just teaching people scripture, but teaching people how to read the Bible so that when they come to Sunday and hear a message, that's just the beginning. It's wetting their appetite for their study throughout the week. So really seminary and the years that followed were, were really the time in my life where, and in Austin and my life together where the Lord taught us how much theology And what we learned in seminary needs to be made simple and accessible for the local church, for the everyday Christian. Um, And so that's where Tiny Theologian started is I was overseeing a kid's ministry at a church for a while and was asked, you know, just as a volunteer, I was just 
a part of this team that was overseeing the kids ministry and was asked to sort of look for some new curriculum. And this was decade, a decade ago now when I was looking, there wasn't a lot available that would teach kids how to read the Bible. You know, it was, a lot of it was either really gimmicky, if I can be honest, like lots of games and like splatter paint that like mm -hmm. on my conscience could not bring into the church nursery room and then ask somebody to clean it up after it. Like yeah. um, I was like, <laughs> anti-glitter and like the big crafty curriculums, you know, the funny games and stuff like that. So they were either like that or they were so boring. You yeah. know, the curriculum stories were so dull that I thought mm -hmm. kids are not going to listen to this. But the Bible is not boring and it no. is not gimmicky. Mm -hmm. And so if we, if this is the inheritance that has been entrusted to us as believers, this vibrant living word of God that touches down in our everyday lives, mm -hmm. it's interesting in an infinite way. We can mm -hmm. study it our whole lives and it never grows dull. There's characters in there that we can relate to. Some we can't even imagine ever lived. But these are the stories I want to tell kids and I want to tell it to them in a way that grips their hearts and whets their appetites so that they become lifelong learners of God's word. So that's what I set out to do in Tiny Theologians, make theological truths accessible to tiny hearts and minds in a way that gets them started on the journey of faith. Okay, that's awesome. Can you just define theology? What is theology? Yeah, theology comes from actually two Latin words. Um, the first Latin word, which comes from the Greek word theos, which is just the most basic word for God in the New Testament. Mm -hmm. If you open a Greek New Testament and you find the word theos, it's translated God, which means it's on about every other page, you know, every other paragraph. So it's everywhere in the New Testament. And ology is just the suffix that we add on any word to mean the study of. So biology is the study of life. Theology is the study of God. So it's what we know and believe about who God is. Um, okay. And so I always like to challenge the concept of a theologian. A lot of people think of theologians and they think they picture my seminary professors, yes. which is fair. You know, they've got the big white beards and they were holed up in their office with tons of books surrounding them. You know, um, they're dusting off their, you know, their dust jackets of their books all the time. You know, they kind of got that academic world around them. Yeah. But theology is just a study of God. If it's what we know and believe about God, the reality is, is that any of us that are theologians, we all have a belief system about God. We mm -hmm. all have something that we know or think we know or um, wonder about who God is. And so we all are theologians. We all have a theology, but the mm -hmm. task of discipleship and the task of the Christian life is to align what we know and believe about God with what he has said about himself in his word. Mm -hmm. um, one of the theological conversations around scripture is the conversation around what we call God's self-revelation. And we're reminded in that conversation that the Bible isn't just a bunch of stories, but it's mm -hmm. the place where God sets out to make himself known to us, to reveal himself. And so we want to make sure that what we believe about God as average, ordinary, everyday Christian theologians is aligned with who God has said he is. Just like we wouldn't say to our spouse, you know, I want to, you know, when we first start dating them or something, I want to get to know you, but like, don't tell me anything about you. I like, I just want to believe about you what I want to believe about you. You know, yeah. those relationships don't work and they don't right. us in God. So we want to let God speak and we want to grow in our theology as we study his word. Okay. That's awesome. Because I think 
there's a lot of people walking around who have ideas about God that they developed through, I don't know, the culture, just ideas, nice ideas. And so how important it is that we have a right understanding of God and his word and then pass that on to our kids. Because really, we are kids first opportunity to know, have a framework even of who is God. And so, wow, I love what you're doing. And, and so as tiny theologians, I know you've got some books. Is there more to it? Is this, um, what else goes on with tiny theologians? Yeah. So tiny theologians, we just launched a series of board books, um, with B&H publishing house. And that's our first traditional published, um, book, but we have a whole line of flashcards for kids. We have, um, everything from ABCs, ABC cards, we've got the ABCs of God's attributes, the ABCs of theology, the ABCs of the names of God for our littlest (laughs) learners, all the way up to a set of cards that is called um, Christ at the Center, which goes through every book of the Bible and shows how Christ is at the center of every book in the Old and New Testament. Mm. Um, We just launched a workbook for the older kids, you know, ages like six to 12, called Mm -hmm. Tiny Systematics. It's a theology, Mm -hmm. systematic theology workbook for kids. Wow. and then we've got these board books, which are on God's attributes, three ways that God is not like us. So we did a board book on each of God's um, omni attributes. So in the theological, in theological terms, God has omni attributes, which just mean all. So God is all knowing, all present and all powerful. And so I wanted to cast those three attributes of God before kids in a really winsome, fun, accessible mm. way. So that's what those board books are all about. Yeah. So I read those board books over dinner last night to my husband and my 20 year old. We've only got one son home right now as we're recording. And uh, it was super fun. They actually really enjoyed it. And the, the illustrations are beautiful. The writing is great. And I love that they were like, okay, because, the, the, you know, they're, they're very, they love to talk theology. And they were like, pretty much every line of that, I can think of a scripture to back it up. They were very impressed. So, oh, I'm well so But what I love is that you're actually saying young kids are ready to understand theological principles like the omnis. Um, So maybe you can tell us what are some of the essentials and and maybe give us ages. So these books are for what age would you say? They're for ages two to six is who we wrote them for. Okay. But 20 year olds and 51 year olds. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. So I think, I think one of the best ways for us as parents, like you said, that you said this so well, just a minute ago in our conversation is that people have a concept of who God is. Mm-hmm. And some of those people are our kids. Our kids mm-hmm. have a theology in place mm-hmm. before we've done intentional discipleship, before they've mm-hmm. gone to Sunday school. Um, I think it's really important for us to remember that if, if theology is just what we know and believe about God, even kids have a belief system in place Um, and if we want to test this, just ask your two-year-old who God is, ask your six-year-old what God is like, and Mm. let them describe their theology for you. Let them tell you who they think God is like. Is he distant? Is he near? Is he personal? Is he abstract? Um, and you're going to see all the ways that their view of God has been influenced, whether by scripture or by a cultural influence or by their own imagination. But that for a parent that is saying, okay, okay, okay. Like you're kind of, you know, overwhelming me. I want um, to do something with my kids, but I need something accessible that I can do like over dinner time. 
start that conversation and say, tell me what you think God is like, because you're going to see yeah. um, the places where their theology aligns with Christian doctrine or with God's word. And you're going to see the places that it doesn't. And it's the beginning of a conversation. I like to think of discipleship and teaching theology as to our kids as a conversation we're going to have with them their whole lives, but we have the most access to them right now. You yeah. know, I read yeah. a statistic and I can't really quote it because I, I saw it like on social media. So I have no idea if it's reliable. <laughs> but somebody said something along these lines, like before our, we spend 75% of the time that we will spend with our kids in our lifetime before they turn 12, 75% mm -hmm. of our time with our kids that we'll spend in our lifetime. It happens before they're 12 years old. Ouch. And wow. I can see that that's very likely true. And so start the conversation, let it yeah. be, a, you don't have to say everything today. You know, they, you don't have to give them a full systematic theology today, but start the conversation so that you can be part of the daily way that God is equipping them to know and grow in loving him. So I love um, that. some of the doctrinal essentials, you asked about doctrinal essentials. I think teaching kids at a very young age, um, God's attributes. So what is he like? I think that is a great place to start as young as two, as young as even 18 months. Um, one of the things that I am passionate about on my personal blog on amygannett.com and on my Instagram is telling parents, just start somewhere, like just start. Yeah. We do a morning basket routine that takes about 15, 10 to 15 minutes every day. And one of the things that one of the 10 theologians resources that we utilize in that time is the ABCs of God's attributes. So we go through a God is all knowing B God is beautiful. C God is creative. Um, and all of those traits give us something to talk about, but they also give her something to emulate. Um, God is creative. And so we talk about what that means. She doesn't totally understand the word creative, but when we make something out of nothing, that's when we're being creative. So let's go draw a picture. You know, right now this page has nothing on it. Let's make something. That's a great way to talk to a two-year-old about God's creativity and how we're creative because he's creative. You know, all of, all of those things. Mm -hmm. um, and then as kids get older, talking to them specifically about the ways that God is not like us, that takes a little mm -hmm. bit more development, mental development. Um, that's what these books talk about. They talk about how God is all knowing. So we can invite kids to imagine what would it be like if you knew everything? Like yeah. if you knew the answer to every math problem, you know, if you could see what every person had for breakfast at the same time today. Like, what would that be like? I mean, it invites kids to use their big imagination. Uh -huh. And okay, if you knew everything, what would you want to know? Like, if you could know anything, well, we don't know everything. God does know everything. And that right. means so much for their young lives. It uh -huh. means they don't have to be afraid to confess their sin to him. He already knows it. Mm -hmm. They don't have to be ashamed when they like bumble through some of their first young prayers. God already knows what they're going to say. Mm -hmm. um, they don't have to um, confess secrets or dreams to God with any shame. He already knows it. Mm. Um, so it's a great place to start. And then as kids get older, teaching them how the person of God has invited us to mirror his character, his attributes by the power of his spirit is so um, important for their understanding of the gospel. So a lot of times we talk about the gospel as just information that we need to impart to our kids. And that's a big part of presenting the gospel. You know, we, we do mm -hmm. tell our kids the message of the gospel, right? but also teaching them, you know, God is, um, God is a gracious God. 
And you can be gracious by the power of his spirit. You can't do it on your own. You mm-hmm. need him and you need mm-hmm. his help. So teaching them his attributes, teaching them the ways that he's like us, that or that we can be like him, teaching them the ways that he's unlike us, and then teaching them to rely on God to change their hearts, to make them gracious like he is gracious. That's some of the essentials and ways that we can grow these doctrines up with our kids. Awesome. I love that so much. And how great you've got a couple that you can do this with in your own home. We practice all the time. (laughs) Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying this conversation. I want to pause here real quick to tell you about this episode's sponsor, which is Sarah's Spanish School. Sarah's Spanish School is an on-live Spanish class for kids. You can take the classes live Or if you're like me and live in a difficult time zone, you can catch them later. But Sarah brings Spanish to life with so many fun themes and activities. And the other teachers are great as well. Kids don't even realize they're learning. They're having so much fun. And um, if you missed Sarah's free month of May, I know some of you got in there and loved it. Well, she's offering Boy Mom listeners another opportunity to get a free month of Spanish classes. So go straight over to Sarah's Spanish dot com forward slash free month. Again, that's Sarah's Spanish. So there's two S's in the middle there. Sarah's Spanish dot com free month. Jump in, give it a try. Let me know after you check it out. I want to hear what you think, but I just think she does such a great job. And uh, I think my kids are going to want to keep doing it throughout the school year. So hope that's something you can check out. And now we're going to get back to the rest of today's podcast. I think that is so great. Well, um, walk us through now these beautiful books. Just tell us a little bit about the three. Uh, I'm assuming you can buy them all at once, like a little package. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're they're just so great because they cover three such important doctrines. But tell us about the three books. Yeah. So the three books, they were written for young ages. So I wanted to ask a question with each book that maybe I can imagine kids asking about who God is. So um, they're called Does God Go on Vacation? A book about God's presence. Um, Did God Learn His ABCs? Um, a book about God's knowledge. And Does God Sleep? A book about God's power. So each of them unpacks one of God's um, omni-attributes. So God, all-knowing, all-present, all-powerful. And does it in a way that helps kids not only grasp the big question about who God is, you know, the books all start with questions that we think that maybe their imaginations would be wondering um, mm-hmm. to kind of help them expand, like, how big is this God, you know? Yeah. Um, and then we answer those questions with big truths about who God is. So, for example, um, does God go on vacation starts by asking, like, is there, does, is there ever time God's away? Like, if we called him on the phone, he wouldn't pick up. Is there a time that like we would try to reach out and he's just not there? And then here's a big truth that's important to know. God is all present. He's wherever you go. So um, it all starts with all three books start with a question or a series of questions, answers it with a big truth about God's nature and character, and then unpacks that for kids in kind of winsome, fun, Mm -hmm. illustrated ways. So God knows where you squat, playing hide and go seek. He spots when there's spinach that's stuck in your teeth. You know, so fun things like that. And then the end of the books all grow a little more serious. One of my favorite lines in all of the books is, if your head is full of secrets twisted up like spaghetti, just tell them to God. He knows them already. I love um, that. Inviting kids to talk to God about the things that maybe they don't want to speak out loud and 
Um, yeah, so each of the books is structured like that. Um, so did God learn his ABCs? Asking, what does um, God know? And did somebody have to teach him? Does he have to do homework? Blah, blah, blah. Um, and really relating to a kid's life of doing homework and learning their ABCs and stuff like that. But God knows everything about us. And does God sleep? You know, does God ever stay in bed because he's sick? Or does he work out so hard that his arms feel like jelly? Um, no, God has all power. And so the end of the book, parents love this book. I love this book as a parent of a toddler. The end of the book is like, so God doesn't sleep. He'll stay up all night. So you can go to bed now. Right. <laughs> it's a very good night. Nice <laughs> God stays up all night. You do not get in bed. <laughs> so. so, yeah, they're so well done. I really have enjoyed reading them. But can we just touch briefly on scripture? What would you tell parents? I get a lot of questions about which devotionals I recommend for the early years. Do you have some suggestions? Yeah, I think for those that want to start somewhere, um, it's great. If you want to do devotionals, that's great. I think the main thing to keep in mind is that especially, especially when you're starting out, because, well, personal, I'm reading into the question, like with my personality, I am so gung ho when I like take on a new challenge. I'm like, so gung ho. So, um, I can see myself even in these early years of parenting that I like really want to like, you know, tell my kid the whole message of the gospel, you know, all right now, yeah. but the task of discipleship is lifelong and um, what we're creating as we disciple our kids is an environment. Mm -hmm. So the information is important. It really is, mm -hmm. but transformation happens in relationship. And so that's what we're creating as we do discipleship. So you're opening up conversations about God, not just that you teach them to have the right answers. I don't know if anybody grew up in a um, catechizing church. There are churches that teach, you know, call and response, question and answer type mm -hmm. memorization for kids. And those can be really good to answer some of the basics, basic questions of the faith. But we would, even those who catechize and wrote the catechism would say, we have totally missed out if kids have all the right answers and are not the right kind of people and don't have the right kind of relationship with their parents. Wow. Wow. So we're creating an environment of discipleship in our home. So for you, if that means you set up, you start your day with 15 minutes of using a discipleship resource and reading the Bible with your kids, great. Kick off your day with that. If that's what's going to remind you to incorporate discipleship and Bible um, reading or conversations about God all day, great, do it. But if that is going to make you feel like you've ticked the box and now you're done for the day, don't mm -hmm. do it. Because mm. the point is the relationship and the ongoing conversation you're creating with your kids. So um, I think one of the great sort of unsung hero books of the Bible to read with kids is the book of James. Um, mm. I love the stories of the Gospels. Um, I think they're so, it's, we are never at a loss when we talk about the life of Jesus because his teaching and his ministry and his example, his life, death, and the resurrection are so transformative for our faith. But the book of James is so practical and mm -hmm. it has so many um, principles that kids deal with. So like mm -hmm. the, it opens talking about suffering. Well, maybe we wouldn't look at our kids' lives and say that they're suffering, but you know, I know many a nine-year-old that feels as though school is a part of their suffering. They, mm -hmm. It feels really hard for them and it's okay that it feels hard for them. Mm -hmm. um, but we can teach endurance 
you know, um, James teaches endurance. He teaches about favoritism, showing favoritism, saying you sit here because you're special and you sit over there because you're not. And these are things that kids really are dealing with in real time. So I think James is a great place to read one or two verses and talk about it with your kids. Um, I love the NIV translation for kids. I'll say that. Um, Our church often uses ESV in um, preaching and stuff like that. But slowly but surely, I'm like letting my ears perk up to the NIV translation. And I'm a Bible translation nerd, so I could get into how, you know, their philosophies of translation and stuff. But the NIV is really solid and it's really good for kids. So um, the NIRV is another, is the kids translation from the NIV. So that is a really great one. If you want to just open a Bible with your kids, read a passage, read a verse or two, talk about Mm -hmm. it, ask them what questions they have. I think a lot of times as parents, we jump in and we're like, I'm going to answer all your questions, but they're, they look at us more confused because those were not the questions they have. We can let them ask, like, what questions do you have about wow. these verses or what does it make you think about? Um, and let them talk because they have a lot of, they have a lot of thoughts. They've got they big ideas about our big God and um, do. we'll do well when we listen to them. Oh, that is so encouraging. I love it. And, and now that I have... I always want to say two kids in college, but one just graduated from college. So I have three official adults in the family. I know that the the things that started off very small like that, I didn't consider myself an expert in any way, but just opening the Bible, opening some of the children's storybooks, and then my husband doing his part when he had time. Now, our best conversations around the dinner table are usually something that somebody's learned in church or in their devotional time. And there's no better or more bonding conversations we have than those about scripture. So I love that you're encouraging parents to start in the tiny years. Well, and I will say one, let me say one last thing to parents as they think about resources. One of the reasons I'm a big fan of teaching parents or encouraging parents to just use their Bible, like just open your Bible with your kids, um, is because we can actually teach them to be reliant on these resources to explain who God is. And then when they're older and, Mm -hmm. you know, they're, they're not in kids ministry, they're sitting in the service and the pastor says, open to the book of Exodus. All of a sudden they don't know where Exodus is, which is Mm -hmm. fine. A lot of adults don't know where Exodus is. That's fine. But they're all of a sudden intimidated to open their Bible because mm-hmm. they've always had another resource that's not the Bible explain the Bible to them. Mm-hmm. And I think we serve our kids as we get as we help them find a home in Scripture, make mm-hmm. them really familiar with Bibles. So my best encouragement is buy um, an affordable Bible that you don't mind them putting their hands all over. Those pages are going to be ripped. They might color on the pages when they're really little. They're going to get spilled peanut butter and milk all over those things, but it's going to be theirs. And we want them to feel at home in scripture's pages. And so part of that feeling accessible is that it's not up on a shelf. It's right there and they can open it and they can turn the pages and they can use it. And so I think that teaches that will help them grow to be like your sons who now can open the Bible with a lot more confidence instead of feeling like I've never used one of these. I was raised in a Christian home, but the Bible feels foreign to me. We want them to feel like it's familiar territory, I guess. Absolutely. So with that, do I assume how, how do you feel about using a digital Bible on a device as opposed to a paper Bible? For my, for my quiet time, I have a paper Bible. Hands down, I'm a, I'm a writer. I can't, 
I can't do that. I phoned uh, my quiet time. But I am also now a nursing mother who sits in Sunday services and listens to sermons. So you better believe I have my phone. So we don't, uh, you know, my diaper bag now has enough stuff for two children to pay, probably like live for like 16 years out of this bag. <laughs> so the big paper Bible that weighs an extra 10 pounds doesn't make it in there. So I use my phone in church and, you know, that's what it is. But we have really little kids, so we don't have them on screens at home. So we mm. don't do that with our kids. Um, but it does have a place. It definitely has a place. And it's made the Bible so much more accessible. So I won't. Yeah. I won't shy away from using it, but I also think there's something so great about a book. You, you won't judge us if we're using it. That's right. I will not. There's no judgment. You'll see me in the front row of church, rocking a baby, holding my iPhone Bible in the other hand. I love it. Yeah. And they've got some good, even in the Bible app itself, there's some good kids, um, you know, daily devotions that my son will, my 11 year old will use. But, um, but yeah, I do like paper as well. And I just had to ask the 11 <laughs> have their opinions. Well, Amy, this is such encouraging and inspiring stuff. It really is important and I love it. You named some great resources you have. Can you tell people if they want to just track those down right now or find you? Your Instagram feed is awesome. Love it. So I want you to tell everyone where they can find you and then I will also be linking in show notes to all of the places. Thank you. Um, yeah, you can find our whole catalog on tinytheologians.com. Um, you can, and a resource that I feel like is underutilized on our website is you can shop by age group. So Ooh. look in your kid's age group and, um, shop resources that we recommend for that age group because otherwise it can feel a little overwhelming. Um, yes. so tinytheologians.com at tinytheologians on Instagram and Facebook. And then my personal stuff where I do a lot of discipleship for toddler for the toddler year stuff, um, is Amy Kate Gannett, oh, Kate with a C. So at Amy C-A-T-E Gannett. Um, and amygannett.com. Awesome. But you, on your Instagram feed, you also do stuff that's not even just for children, right? I'm trying to remember what I was just looking at. On my personal one or on Tiny Theologian? Must have been your personal one. I don't know. I followed you all over. Let's see. I talk a lot on my personal, um, my personal Instagram. I do a lot of discipleship in the home, stuff for um, leaders in the local church. And I do Theology Thursdays. So for the person that is saying, I want to grow my theology, we're doing a series right now on the Apostles' Creed line by line. So, which is a lot of basics of the Christian faith. I love it. Okay, we'll be linking to all that. Thank you, Amy, so much. You are incredible. Even at, you know, looking like you're 16, you have impressed me with your knowledge and wisdom. So thank you so much. Thanks so much for having me. All right, guys, I hope you're pumped up like I am. I just love um, everything that Amy shared. And again, I'll be linking to and making some notes from this conversation over at monicaswanson.com forward slash episode dash 167. Please continue to share the word about the Boy Mom podcast. Uh, I appreciate it. If you haven't left a rating or review yet, it would be awesome if you could do that right now. Just scroll down on your phone, find those five stars, give them a tap, or share a few words about what you love most about the Boy Mom podcast. Okay, friends, thanks for spending time with me today. Hope you're encouraged. Have a wonderful rest of your week. And until next time, aloha.